And we're here this evening with an out-of-control dog, as usual. Welcome to Hand of Pod. came down to let me in and zombie tricked us he, he fooled us he made as if he was going to come back up here with us and then ran out into the street when uh, somebody else opened the front door of his building um, but we've managed to get him back in now he is somewhere out in the hall or hiding halfway up a sort of corrugated stairs trapped underneath the ceiling um, and I'm joined by of course English Dan hello welcome and by Mariano hello Thank you very much for coming on this week, Mariano. Um, Joel couldn't make it, so we've uh, had to delay the, the weekend's recording slightly, uh, the week recording slightly, even. Um, and Mariano is here. But that's just as well, because we've got some San Lorenzo stuff to talk about in a short while. Right. Um, we've got the relegation race, uh, which is getting increasingly, uh, in one way, heating up, and in another way, it's increasingly leading towards one inevitable conclusion uh, mm-hmm. for one of the sides at least we'll be talking about that in a short while and of course about the title race uh, first of all we're going to deal as we can this week um, we're not normally able to do it quite so comprehensively with the Copa Libertadores because we've already had that's a, I guess that's one advantage of recording late precisely yeah because right. um, we've already had two uh, of the ties involving Argentine clubs um, played the other Olympia versus Tigre is unfortunately going to be kicking off in about 20 minutes time so we're not going to be able to give a, an opinion on that after it finishes Tigre 2-1 up from the first leg um, but guys what happened last night can either of you remember that was a great night of continental football. It was. Right. We had uh, Newell's gun against Vélez, first of all, and Vélez were looking pretty good. They were playing at home. They got that 1-0 lead in the first leg. And then that all went to pot, what was it, about two, three minutes in? Yeah. When <laughs> Mil- minutes, yeah, yeah. When Milton Casco scored the opener, which he also did against Racing the other, the other week. He's getting a bit of a reputation for scoring. He's a left, left back, right? Yeah. His left bug and yeah, yeah. he did a he great up, play, yeah. really. Yeah, and then so that that drew the the aggregate score, and I think it was was it was in the second half, right? My memory's a bit spotty as far as time goes. I can't no, no, the goal. second goal was before halftime. I was before halftime. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. You go. Both in the first half. Which yeah, it was an, just an awful bit of uh, prevarication, let's say, from from Juan Sabia. He got the ball from Sosa at the back and just dally, dally, dallied, and. Who else? Who would be there to uh, to take advantage? Take advantage, but Nacho Scocco just picked like pounced on the ball. I can't remember if he took it directly off Sabio or if it was a loose pass, but yeah, pounced straight on it. Went for goal. Sosa did really well to stop the stop the first shot, but the rebound first straight to Scocco, and that was two nil. New was all but home, and then Chucky Ferreira got one back in the last couple of minutes, but it wasn't quite enough. So yeah, really good comeback by Newells and Vélez as well. You got to say, you know, they sort of threw it away there. But I think Vélez played ended up going through on away goals, of course. Yeah, Vélez won the first leg one. Yeah, it was two all. And, um, yeah. and apparently, uh, it's the first time that Chucky Ferreira has scored for Vélez, and Vélez haven't won the match. Wow, That's, yeah. they haven't won. Great stuff. Just they've lost. 
Yeah, he almost didn't play at all this year. Mm-hmm. You have to say that. I mean, yes, I mean, but since since signing, I don't mean this, this right, season. Right. I mean since he signed. He played a lot uh, in the last semester, semester, yeah. and he almost didn't play this. I think it was Vélez best game this year, mm. and they definitely didn't deserve to lose. But yeah. okay, they didn't deserve to win in the first leg either. So no, that's very true. <laughs> so I, I think that uh, news. Uh, it was fair that they advanced to the quarterfinals, but it was a really very tight. Uh, yeah, you'd series, say they right? deserve it as well because they're pretty much the only team, like the only Argentine left, Argentine team left that are taking both the league and the Libertadores seriously. Mm. I think that's something to be applauded as well because, well, we always say it's really hard to be competitive in both, but you got to say between Vélez, Tigre, and Boca, they haven't really tried ever. But Vélez no. had too many injuries. Too, yeah, well, Vélez, you can say it was understandable because of injuries, but I think, yeah. Tigre, I got small squad, what, but... What about Boca. Fernando Gago? Yeah. Uh, was, he was real, disinjured again. Real disappointment. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was a waste of money and time because he's leaving now at yeah. the end of the, the season. Yeah, it's a shame. He could have had a really good six months, I think. He, he barely he played. Against him. He was talking about uh, possibly... Um, Extending that that loan wasn't he? Because he, he didn't feel he'd really done enough uh, with Vélez since coming back. He felt slightly bad himself about being injured. Um, but yeah, it's uh, not the best of luck, is no. it? No, he's injured again, and he's not playing this weekend against Golden Cruz. So, so yeah, season's over. You know, Vélez are what seventeenth or sixteenth in the table, like nothing to play for in the in the final, so. And we all, we all agree that News is the best team now. Oh, hands down. hands down. And they have been, I'd say, since Martino took over. Right. Almost. They were no, but lucky Be- the first year. Vélez yeah. was better mm, yeah, last year. Yeah. Uh, but I, I oh, think yeah. now there are no doubts that they are the best team. Um, but we, as, as Mariano says, it's ultimately um, a fair result over the two legs that, that Newell's um, went through. And speaking of justice being done... Uh, they're going to be playing Boca Juniors in the quarterfinal. Um, after Conmebol found a rather sort of bizarre way for finally punishing Corinthians for their disgraceful reaction to killing that Bolivian fan in the first match of the group stage. Um, if you ask Brazilians, then they will tell you this was a conspiracy and a way of <laughs> getting back at Corinthians for the way that their fans were, um, and indeed the way that the club really reacted to uh, the death of, what was his name, Kevin. Um, I apologise to his family now for not having remembered. I don't think they were listening. Um, I haven't had this particular conspiracy in, in in rural, they, they were convinced that Carlos Amarilla the, Par- Amarilla, the Paraguayan referee um, who took charge of the second leg between Corinthians and Boca in São Paulo last night had been appointed because he's a Boca fan um, but his, actually, his surname is one of the colours on Boca's shirts so this is like <laughs> nailed on right I, I read that uh, Corinthians agreed uh, to have Amarilla Absolutely, he, he wasn't. He wasn't initially right. supposed to be yeah. the ref. There was somebody else appointed. I'm not sure who. A uh, Colombian guy. Wilson. I don't know what. Right, and and Amaria um, was appointed for some reason as an alternative, and both clubs agreed to it. Uh, but he's seen as uh, apparently in Brazil as a very anti-Brazilian referee. Um, more than anything, I think this is just overlooking the fact that he's quite a bad referee. We've yeah, he's very, very bad. More than he's anything, bad. he's just a poor referee. He's Somehow a manager he's, since, what, yeah. 1989 and a continental level since about 1996 or something. Yeah. And, and uh, he's just, he's never made a good decision. Yeah. No. TV commentators were saying, uh, how is this guy still uh, a referee, yeah. an international referee? Uh, it's uh, bizarre. It's almost perverse. He's managed at three Coppers America. He went to the 2006 World Cup. Um, 
And he made some very bizarre decisions. Uh, the first thing that we should say, because of course we often pile in on Boca and we like to mock them and so on um, here yeah, on Handapod, is that Amarilla's, um, Boca's record in continental matches with Amarilla refereeing is actually very similar to Boca's overall historical record <laughs> in continental <laughs> matches, uh, you know, proportionately. So it's not really that much of an, uh, evidence to suggest that he does favour them. Uh, zombies coming in to join us now, so if we get noisy in a second, we'll, we'll apologise. Um, so that's, that's the first thing to say. The second thing to say is that over the two legs against Corinthians, probably the two games against Corinthians have been Boca's two best performances of the year. Oh, hands down. Um, yeah, this, yeah, hands this down. fact got well and truly overshadowed last night. Um, well, it's not like they were brilliant or anything. It's like... No, they were very solid. They were so yeah. bad. In we're setting the bar incredibly low here. Yeah, they, yeah, right. They were so bad in every other game. So This is a high jump bar that your right. grandmother could clear. Um, and this doesn't mean that they will be a good team from now on. I yeah. mean, but from this point forward, you've got to say you wouldn't bet against them to win the Libertadores. Right? I wouldn't bet against yeah. them to win the Libertadores anyway with Bianchi in charge and yeah. me Boca. Um, it, and we should say it was... There's yeah. about it, in my opinion, unfortunately. We should say, I don't think we mentioned the result yet, it was 1-0 on the night, so yeah. added to that 1-0 win in the Bombonera, they go 3-2-1, and their goal came from like guy a few of our listeners might have heard of if they're really into Argentine football and... Um, Juan Roman Riquelme. Yeah, and with a, a dipping, swerving, clearly entirely oh, deliberate. Uh, no, it was deliberate. Come on, Sam. The referee's biased against Corinthians. The goal was an accident. Like, <laughs> come on, this is a, this is an impartial football show. No, no, that's, that's, I, I wasn't saying the referee was biased against him. I was saying the Brazilian said, "Will tell you." I, I don't feel that he was at all. I just think he's a poor referee. Um, I'm, with, I'm, with that, I'm with that here. I think he should have gone. I, I thought it was deliberate at first, but when I saw the replay, there were no there were no eyes there. He's not looked up and seen. Ah, it's but it's a game. It's a game. He doesn't sure. need to look at the at the goalkeeper. Yeah. Maybe he. He knew that the goalkeeper usually yeah. on on those kind of free kicks is. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if taking a look early. I saw him out and just yeah, went for yeah, it straight of course. off. Of course, I'm going to give him the benefit of that. Yeah, I mean the ball was uh, too fast yeah. uh, to be uh, across. Yeah, yeah. So certainly look it up anyway. It's spectacular, if nothing else. Um, but we should mention what, why we're talking about the referee, really, shouldn't we, guys? What happened? The handball. You mean? I know this is everything. Everything. There was a handball <laughs> in the ninth minute. Uh, Marine, who's the first name I always forget. Um, Leandro. Leandro, thank you. Uh, Marine, uh, who'd already been booked by that point, fisted the ball, um, uh, well, sort of fisted the ball onto his own foot to, to clear it inside the box uh, whilst challenging a Corinthians forward. Um, it was more like a volleyball move. Yeah, you know, like I mean, it, it, <laughs> with his palm, right? Spike, no, spiking is, is pushing it up. Yeah. It? it was, yeah, a, a slam, slam or whatever. Um, it, it was phenomenally blatant. The referee gave neither a penalty nor a second yellow card. He he waved play on and told Corinthians. No, he, he booked the Emerson, the Corinthians. Oh, of course he did. Sorry, yeah, for for protesting about yeah, it. Right, right. Um, <laughs> so that was the first thing, and then uh, that was in the ninth minute, about eight or nine or ten minutes after that. Uh, Juan Mourinho, the guy who scored the first goal in La Bombonera of last year's final uh, between Corinthians and, and Boca, um, brilliantly beat the offside trap, mm-hmm. dribble around the goalkeeper, superb finish. Um, we can't blame Amarillo on this one. No, no. the linesman, linesman. Um, called it offside uh, rather suspiciously, um, rather, well, completely incorrectly, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, within a minute of that, you know, whilst Corinthians should have been 
celebrating the goal. Uh, this Raquel May goal came, which gave Boca the 2-0 lead, which they were not going to relinquish. Um, fairly early in the second half, Corinthians had another goal disallowed entirely correctly, it yeah. must be said. Right. Um, lots of stuff in the Brazilian press screaming foul about that one, claiming that it was uh, disallowed for offside when it shouldn't have been. And in fact, it was disallowed because the guy pushed the goalkeeper into the net before heading the ball, which you can't really have too many arguments with, but they decided to ignore that. Um, so, I mean, Corinthians, it has to be said, created the chances, they just couldn't finish. Yeah, well, I mean, okay, yeah. If, Alexander if you're playing against 10 men and yeah. you've got a, a one or two goal lead early in the game, that completely changes that, of course, but of it's course. not... Of course, but I would have expected them to do something yeah. better. Exactly. I mean, yeah, uh, chasing a 1-0 deficit at home, you know, right. the stadium absolutely packed to the rafters, though. Alexandre Pato, as, as Dan uh, was about to mention there. Well, you can just see why he's been sent back to Brazil after. <laughs> you know, he's got to be the most overrated player in world football. Really, I've <laughs> never seen him play a good game. Except for against, I don't know, like Costa Rica or USA for like Brazil. Mm. It's the only time I've ever seen him play a decent game. Like, no, uh, awful. T- tell us what he did. In particular, there was, there was one it's, moment. It's hard to even describe it, like. He, had, he just had the goal at his mercy it had broken for him at the far post and all he had to do was just put any sort of contact in the ball but he just decided to f- fall over it this is like the opposite <laughs> you know the opposite of every striking instinct someone should have for about a yard out yeah I mean it's hilarious um, did you see his, his quote today about why he missed it no. they pushed me no. <laughs> oh. there, was, there was no defender within really? like three <laughs> yards or four yards of it. and he said that he was pushed um, so yeah, well, I guess we're half laughing at Corinthians and half despairing about the fact that Boca are through and they're going to inevitably win the Copa Libertadores again now. <laughs> but they've got mules in the next round. Um, yeah, and you say I'm completely informed that that should be a walk in the park for, for Newell's. Precisely. We've, we've got a couple of questions about that one later on, uh, yeah. inevitably, so we will, we'll be back Thanks. with the, that later. The problem is how tired is Newell's going to be mm. in the next two weeks because uh, no Argentine team won the league championship and Copa Libertadores in the same semester you know since the short tournaments system started uh, more than 20 years ago and the reason is that uh, normally teams here have short squads and yeah. uh, they, are, they get too tired by the end of the season so and it happened to news last year remember they lost the championship in the final well, rounds I do wonder though how, how much it will help news that first they've had um, they've had Villas in the um, in the copper, and now they've got Boca, so two home ties. They haven't had right. any long, long trips. Haven't had yeah. to travel hours and hours, you know, because it's a lot different playing in Buenos Aires for a team from Rosario than playing, I don't know, in Guadalajara or Quito oh, or you know, Tijuana, Tijuana, yeah. yeah, any of these places. Like, you know, that's they, that's got to help them. Which whoever gets through between Boca and yours might have to do because the winners of that quarterfinal play, uh, assuming that. Um, the Tigre don't also get through to the semis. Uh, we'll have either Atlético Mineiro or Cholos de Tijuana. Or, may, or maybe not. If, the there, are two, if there are two Brazilians in semi finals, they will meet too. But okay, you know, uh, it's possible that they will meet uh, Mineiro or Tijuana. Um, uh, so, having mentioned Boca and Newell's Libertadores, so as we say, we're going to get on to it later, but they are also playing in the league. In between these two ties. The first leg in the Libertadores is a week today. That's next Thursday. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they play in the league on Sunday, you say, Mariano? Yeah. And then the second leg of the Libertadores ties the following Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday or maybe Thursday, I don't know. So in two weeks' time, we'll have seen three Well, w- we just saw three Bale news. Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> it's crazy. 
they, they played in the league. Uh, News won 3-1. They were using regulars and Vélez with a reserves lineup. And then they played the two legs in Copa Libertadores. So yeah, it's <laughs> crazy for News, yeah. this, this schedule that, yeah. they're having. Yeah? It's going to be interesting to see. How, how they approach it I mean how they approach each of the matches in, in sequence obviously it's something that I guess if you watch Spanish football with Barcelona Madrid happening so often at the business end of the season you almost get used to it and slightly bored of it but we don't get it very often in Argentina no. oh, um, right. albeit of course that it's not as if the, the league match is going to be a, a real decider well um, could well be for Newell's like it'll be an important game well yeah for Newell's it'll be vital but it's, uh, it's not going to be kind of first versus second no. or whatever and it will be at Rosario that's yes, important yes, it'll be a Rosario. Um, and that's a fantastic excuse, given that, as we say, Tigre haven't yet kicked off their Copa Libertadores match um, to get onto the league, because we had a weekend uh, prior to these two Libertadores titles that we've just mentioned um, of plenty of action. The, the, it was a long time ago. It was, it feels like a very <laughs> long time ago now. I mean, some of these, the, the first matches that we're going to be talking about were happening six nights ago, which uh, a week ago, by the time this is online. Um, which is a very unusual situation for the pot to be in. Uh, but we've had a uh, goal draw between Belgrano and Rafaela. Nothing to talk about there. Nothing. <laughs> um, we're going to get on to uh, your team's match a little later, Mariano. Uh, but I wanted to discuss the relegation stuff before the league title stuff this week, just to vary the order a little bit. Um, so what's happened? Lanús and Independiente drew nil-nil, which means that at the title uh, race, Lanús have seeded. Some, some ground to Newell's again but it also of course means that Independiente now three games without well, a loss yeah and just at, at the same no at the same time um, draws are not good for Independiente now every well, game has to be won it means that they've got one more point than Argentinos so right. we've been talking for a while about how Independiente effectively can't catch Quilmes or Rafael no Quilmes they can still catch I think um, mathematically I think Mathematic, sure yeah. but I, I can't see them actually doing it was, was the point um they they're now. Kilmes. I think it's important to say that Kilmes needs only eight points yeah. to be safe. If they get eight more points in the final six rounds, they'll be safe. And they don't have an issue. Like, uh, is it six more to before Independiente can't catch them? No, I think it's eight. I think it's yeah. eight. Oh, eight for that as well. Eight, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, now that um, Independiente dropped those points, yeah. It goes down a little bit. Uh, they don't have an easy schedule. They have to play news this weekend and got racing. Well, oh, okay, another one. <laughs> That's going to be an interesting game. Uh, uh, I mean, the rest of the schedule. Uh, but independent of that, well, we were talking know. about the racing game a few weeks ago, actually, because you remember the Balas Baratos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that one's that one's going to be interesting. Um, the, uh, the the reason that it, it gives them some hope is that it does bring them a point closer to Argentinos Juniors, who lost 2-1 away to San Martín de San Juan. They're in a free fall. Uh, Terrible free They are. They're, 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 is it five in a row they've lost now? The fourth. Yeah, fourth. Um, fourth in a row. Yeah. yeah. Uh, absolutely shocking. They've got 26 points from the whole season. Um, and as we said, they're only six ahead of Independiente now. So that does seem to be... Um, they were 13 points ahead not long ago. Yeah. And now they are only six, and so that, that seems to be how independent they are going to stay up if they manage it at all. I mean, six is a lot. Uh, yeah, it's one third, yeah. one third of uh, the remaining points. But the the way sure, but independent they have picked playing. up seven in the last three matches, and Argentinos right. haven't picked up any. Well, one uh, one of them was against Argentinos. Uh, the yeah. one yeah. independent wins was against Argentinos. Yeah. Sure, yeah. but they still won it. 
Yeah, of course. Point, yeah. Of course. But um, I think, yeah, six points is a big obstacle to turn around at this point in the season. And there's been a new it's conspiracy a theory introduced oh, into no, the No, let's not go. No, no, no. A couple of teenage racing fans on a forum who a few weeks ago were going to say very, very. No, we talked, I think we talked about this at the time. Yeah. So let's, yeah, let's not even bother. Oh, no, just mention it. <laughs> now that I've said this we might as well clarify for people who maybe didn't listen a couple of weeks ago um, but supposedly the, these kids uh, went on to this forum and said so Luis Segura who's the president of Argentinos and one of the vice presidents of the AFA has agreed to sell Argentinos place in the Primera uh, for whatever it was 15 million pesos or something he's, he's agreed to let Argentinos be relegated um, in return for Independiente overtaking them uh, and they just put this in, on a racing form, you know, conspiratorial, but uh, nobody picks it up. And then a couple of days later, Twitter explodes with it. Right. And now you've got Segura himself in the last couple of days having to go out in front of the press and say, look, this didn't happen. Right, of course, yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's just some ridiculous idea that these kids have come up with. They, they were so. saying the same about Banfield last year. Mm. And look at Banfield. They will stay another year in second division. And come on, who will, who will do that? Yeah. <laughs> on purpose. No. Absolutely. That's stupid. Especially yeah. when you know what, what your own club's fans are going to... Well, or... What's the point? How you're unclosed? No, I mean, this guy, Luis Segura, has been a president of Argentina Junior for so long. Yeah, there's no he's way like, that can No, he's not going to. He was almost crying when he went to the was a radio interview saying that it didn't make sense yeah. to do that. He was almost crying. So, hmm. oh, of course, it's just a stupid theory. Uh, the <laughs> other teams, obviously, down below, as we just mentioned, San Martín de San Juan beat Argentinos in that game. Um, they, they've got a lot on but they can still just about manage to stay up if they I feel like San Martin should have more points yeah. than what they have yeah right? strange they, yeah. they always like, seem to win they, they, they're a good team to watch yeah, yeah. I mean they, they play nice football and that happened all year even under Savara right at the start of the year when they lost six in a row they were still an entertaining team yeah, to watch yeah right exactly and well last week uh, against Rafaela they were uh, yeah. <laughs> given well, those, yeah. uh, those two Less penalties in the yeah. three minutes so but uh, I feel like they shouldn't be so uh, no. in such a bad situation. But yeah, okay, and, they are. And Union should be really. so maybe a better to watch than their standing would suggest. Uh, Union, uh, as I mentioned, the league, the, the uh, relegation situation is, is edging closer, in particular for one side, and that side is Union. I think it's if they don't win, it might be if they lose both of the next two matches, and they'll be relegated at the end of the fifteenth round, which is fairly early. They will get relegated anyway. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty set together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even if they win all the six games, I think that they will get relegated. So Indeed. No, no um, hope for them. Martin looking more or less doomed as well. We think. Uh, San Martin mm. needs to win, I think, at least four of the last six yeah, games. Yeah, depending on the other guys do, three or four games. Uh, to have a chance. So, and the third spot will be between Independiente, Argentinos or Quilmes. Yeah. Mm. In my opinion, it will be Independiente or Argentinos. Yeah. Because yeah. Quilmes needs only a few points. I think so. I'll still be Independiente. I think that six points is going to be... You want to be? No, I think... <laughs> I think, yeah, I think um, those six points are going to be are going to be too much. You think just one week that... Yeah. Think about just one week that uh, Argentinos win. You know, it can happen. It has happened in the past occasionally. And mm-hmm. Independiente lose, it turns into nine points with less games like... They are playing Belgrano at home this weekend. Hmm. Belgrano is. But then again, Belgrano, what? Tough game. Yeah. I mean, they're all pretty much in there, sort of Minicano, right? Like, yeah. Maybe, you know. Yeah, we're going to talk about that much to play for. qualification in a, in a short while, actually. Yeah. But no, we'll see. That. Uh, whereas Independiente this weekend are also at home against San Martin. Huge game. That is, as we say, on the pod, that's a point sixer. Um, right. It's a point <laughs> relegation. Yeah. Uh, like they say here, it's a, a World Cup final. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's probably our best contribution to football vocabulary. 
Yeah, I, I like to think so. That and footballistically. Yes. But we haven't used that for a while. Um, one way in which this relegation struggle is going to feed into the title race, this is a very neat segue, is that uh, Rivers uh, won two, three, four, five, six remaining games, is that right? Right. Uh, five, yeah, yeah, six. Uh, Rivers' six remaining games, five of them are against teams that we've just mentioned in an relegation struggle. The only exception is uh, the round 18, that's the, last, the second last week when they host Lanus, um, who of course are likely to be one of their. I think they play at Lanus. Yeah, because yeah, they, yeah, of course they are. Yes. They were one, so one nil in Inicia. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see how that happens. What's going on with the title race now? Um, what happened in the last weekend was, as we mentioned already, Lanús and Independiente drew nil nil. Uh, Newell's got a three-one, really impressive three-one win at home. I think if, if Newell's if Newell's uh, weren't playing the Copa Libertadores, they would have like a six-seven points advantage. Yeah, it'll be over, uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> they will be already like champions Sorry. because uh, they are, they've had they're... a run now where they've won. I think it's eight out of the last ten or something. And they've lost the other two. And I think if they weren't in the Libertadores, then well, the for, other two would example, have been draws at worst. For yeah. Early in the tournament, they lost 3 0 at home against Lanús yeah. because they were using a reserves mm. lineup. Uh, I think the difference between them and River and Lanús is huge. Oh, it's, I, I can't remember the last time I saw Lanús playing a, a good game. No, they started off so Newell's. well, but they've just really fallen, fallen away. What we're seeing with Newell's, which we don't see very often in Argentine football, is something that actually looks like a, a, a team that's had the time. To complete. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, you have to big names. Everybody's talking about Nachos Coco, right. Maxi Rodriguez, and Gabriel Hainsey were big incorporations for them at the start of the Torneo Inicial, just coming back from Europe. Um, but the rest of the side have been playing together for a while, and they've had the chance to mature without being in the same spotlight that they would have been if they'd been one of the middling to big clubs in Buenos Aires, where they'd have had people just picking off players <laughs> the entire time. Oh, it's a clear example that a good coach can make a difference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's. Uh, very clear in this case. Uh, Newell's record so far is nine wins, one draw, and three losses in the in the Donnell final. They've scored 26 goals, which is exactly two per game. The next highest scorer is in the league, in Kilmes, who've got 21, um, so which tells me an awful lot. Um, they've got 28 points, Lanus have 27, River have 25, after a 2 0 win against All Boys, which I thought was entirely deserved. Not yeah. perhaps the best um, football that you're going to see all, all season, but. Uh, more than deserved the win. Yeah, um, well, voice was too poor. I, I don't know what they were trying to do. Mm. <laughs> uh, Manuel Lanzini stepped up again. Another decent yeah. performance uh, from him. Juan Manuel Torbe wasn't completely awful and passed it to his teammates occasionally, which was nice to see. And Carlos Luna came off the bench to get a stoppage time second goal. Uh, the biggest disappointment for River in that match was, we've got to mention him because we've mentioned him every week so far, <laughs> Eder Alvarez Balanta is out for three matches. With a hamstring injury, isn't it? Yeah, and again, he can play many more matches. Can oh, ligament, sorry, yeah, you're right. Um, well, they were saying that he, he might return for the final he, round. He had two more left, um, and he's now only got one more left. He, he should be back in time for the 17th round game against Independiente. Uh, for me, it's a trick. He's not actually going to go yeah. off to the, uh, the youth. World, World Cup, yeah. Youth World Cup or youth something else? Some, uh, I, I think, think the Toulon, Cup, yeah. is, isn't it the Toulon tournament? It could be it could be Toulon and there's the Youth World Cup will be played okay. this year as well. But no, for me it's a trick because they saw um, he was starting to appear on a couple of European teams' radar, so <laughs> they're going to leave him. You know, he's not actually injured, but he's going to sit out for a month. They're going to forget about him, and then he's going to come back play the last two games. And I'm not sure how already clever, contracting. Not sure how clever a trick it is to replace. A man who so far is, is your best centre back, which well, if he can only play, yeah, but if he can only play two games anyway, like. And you should mention Funes Mori again. 
I think the bloopers real. Remember, uh, every week. Well, I think he had a header uh, that went to the to a side instead of the goal. Oh, yeah. uh, he he always manages to to do something funny, <laughs> except for real fans. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I still agree with Joel on, on Funeth Mori. Yeah, if he doesn't do something that Pelé and his pomp would have done, everybody just rounds on him and, and gets booed. Um, if he's not missing really good chances, so it's the it fact be he, he, he's clearly, as we said, I mean, a couple of years ago, he's clearly a confidence player, uh, and he's low on confidence in front of goal at the moment. Yeah, he, um, but he keeps keep trying. But we'll see. Uh, not much to say about all boys in that game. Any yeah. of the other matches stand out for you? Venice yeah, Arsenal was entertaining. Oh, two, two, two. Unfortunately, it yeah. took place at the same time as the second half of the All Scotland Quiz, and then at the same time as the first half of Racing Tigre. Right. Um, so nobody right. actually saw it, but the goals were decent. Um, Arsenal fought back two 0 down. Stoppage time. They scored the. Yeah, Benedetto with ten minutes to go, and then Nicolas Aguirre got one with five minutes, four minutes into stoppage time. Venice was using a very young lineup. Yeah, yeah, kind of a mix. Lucas Romero was playing. It was mostly uh, young apart players, that, right? Seems Toby over the part from them who, who were coming back from injuries. Uh, it was all substitutes for Venice apart from mm-hmm. those two. Right. Obviously, they were planning on the, on on reserving the, the, the first team players for the uh, Libertadores match last night. <laughs> um, now that they're out of the Libertadores, we could easily see a, quite a rapid upturn in form for Venice. I think in these last few yeah, years. Yeah, but actually, they are not playing for anything. They're not playing for anything, but. They're not going to just let all the first teamers sit around doing nothing. I think we're going to see a few more. Maybe not entirely first team. They were using the first team ten days ago, and they, they lost. Sense. Yeah, they lost at home against Tigre. Mm. So it's not like the <laughs> no. they will improve fast. True. Uh, I don't know. And of course, you're forgetting the the derby. That's our also one <laughs> three 0 against Boca. Mm. Well, no, I wasn't oh, getting that. I was waiting. We always leave the San Lorenzo and the Racing games. Uh, well, the, the Racing game, because Dan's always there. And then if we have a supporter of another club, we, we <laughs> save that for last. But now you've uh, shot your wad early, Mariano. Um, so tell us about it. San Lorenzo kept up their paternity, their historical yes. domination over Boca. So San Lorenzo is the only team that has a favourable head-to-head yeah. against Boca, historically. I think it's nine, nine games. Team. What? The only big team. I mean, there are some teams down in the B or Primera B who've been no, in the, okay. teams that, in yeah. the Primera for like one season. And okay, teams have played more than five games mm. <laughs> against Walker. And I think the difference now, I don't know if eight or nine games. I'm going to look it up actually on Promiedos. Um, but they it, have a, head, a historic head to head thing, although it only goes back as long as the professional era, but let's have a look quicker. Right. But yeah. it's been like this since the first professional year in 1931. So it's like. Uh, it's a derby, of course, because there are two big teams, big clubs, but uh, but it's also like a special rivalry because of this. Because it's like Bo- uh, Boca was down to Independiente until 10, 15 years ago, and now they are up. And, but they can't do it against San Lorenzo. Even in, the, in their best era with Bianchi 10, 15 years ago, they they were not able to do it. <laughs> if there was, uh, they're not actually the only team we've played more than five times. Interestingly, if there, if there was such a thing as an Argentine pub quiz, uh, then this this would make a fantastic answer. Teams who Boca have got negative records against: uh, Central Córdoba de Santiago de Estero. How many times? Uh, one draw and one defeat. Independiente Rivadavia. It's in primera uh, San Martín de Mendoza. Two draws and two defeats. 
They have problems with Mendoza teams. Yeah. They beat the Rivadavia yeah. and San Martín de Mendoza. Uh, Gimnasia de Mendoza. Boca have beaten them twice, but they've drawn three times and lost three. Almagro, <laughs> two wins, three draws, one defeat. Um, sorry, no, I'm, I'm getting these wrong. Uh, two wins, three losses, and one draw. Um, but Magro only been there for three years. I thought they've been apparently in, so. I thought they've been in the Premier yeah. for. This is in, this is in the professional yeah. era, but according mm. to Promedi, Promiedos and San Lorenzo, uh, who have uh, against Boca, San Lorenzo won 70. Lost 62 and drawn 48. Yeah, uh, and I think San is the team that has won more games at, at Boca, at, the, at La Bombonera, mm. even more than River. Yeah, um, and teams who've got uh, historical ties against Boca include Atletico Tucumán, which I'm slightly surprised about, <laughs> uh, San Telmo, who've played them twice. It's in a bit like a rivalry. And Plata, who've got the same record. So there you go. <laughs> so that'll be Boca's real closest derby, right? What? Uh, San Telmo will be Boca's real closest derby. It would be. Boca yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. they're close. Yeah. They're close. Yeah. Stock Sul, right? Uh, yeah. San Telmo. Right. Yeah. 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 South, south part right of right Buenos Aires. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah, you can. There's no distance at all. If you're travelling on the motorway down to La Plata, you, you go right past so San yeah, Telmo almost as soon as you cross the water. Okay, so uh, the match was. It was really too easy for San Lorenzo. They, they, San Lorenzo didn't play a good game. I didn't think they dominated, but they just no, took, no, no. like they had the chances and they took them really, really well. Boca didn't but have I mean, a, Boca didn't have a shot at goal the whole game because they were using, of course, uh, reserves lineup. Apart from the penalty, I guess. yeah, they were resting all regulars. Yeah, they had a penalty in stoppage time that uh, Silva sent it to the moon, and it was just that. I mean, Romagnoli. San Lorenzo playmaker Romagnoli said it after the game. We didn't dominate, we didn't play a great game, but we were effective in attack, we just scored our chances, and really it was too easy. Too easy. Goals from Gonzalo Verón, Ángel Correa got the third, and Julio Buffarini got the second. Buffarini was also the headline boy uh, yesterday in the Copa Argentina when San Lorenzo played a team um, whose name is going to cause much mirth among Anglophone listeners, so I should clarify, first of all, that it's pronounced Moron, not Moron, unfortunately. Uh, my ex-girlfriend, uh, the, who was the reason I first came to Argentina, went to the University of Moron, and I have a Deportivo Moron shirt back at home in England. Um, <laughs> so I was sticking up for them, I suppose. In a it's, way. A, it's a neighbourhood in the west well, metropolitan area of Buenos Aires. Um, and yeah, it's got it, it, the the university also the uh, the sleeve sponsors of Meles, in fact. So mm-hmm. if, if you're thinking, yeah, one of the main sponsors, of Meles, that's why. Um, but yeah, it was a penalty victory, wasn't it, Mariano? Yeah, yeah, it was near nil. Four three on penalties? Was no, it? no, I think it was like or three two. Three one or three oh, two? Okay. Yeah, right. because they, they they missed both missed like two or three penalties. Mm. Uh, the uh, reason that Buffarini was the main uh, media attraction of this game was that he's had a haircut. <laughs> uh, the Argentine media pulled a little bit of English media re you know, in around 1997 when David Beckham. I would say it's his, uh, he has a haircut like yours. He's got a, kind of a bit of a, oh, yeah. a, a sort of <laughs> like side, European side style. <laughs> uh, as Olay reported it, he's got it cut short in the European style, which made me laugh uh, because it inadvertently seems to live up to stereotypes that Europeans have about Argentines all having long hair. Um, <laughs> which aren't really accurate themselves. There was a picture of Buffarini celebrating afterwards with him in the middle and lots of very short-haired teammates surrounding him. So you wonder yeah, that's right true. Um, and the last match that we've not mentioned yet from the weekend was Racing 2, Tigre 0. Yeah. Dan, uh, did you manage to catch the first goal? It was scored very early. I was in the stadium, but I wasn't actually looking. I was still making my way to... Uh, Eating a choripan. 
no, not exactly. Uh, Zogolini, very nice, very nice car. I saw the replay afterwards. <laughs> but yeah, we just about got in the stadium with my um, with my brother and and his girlfriend. You know, introducing him to the whole. Uh, uh, that's why you got there so early. Racing yeah, culture. Yeah, so actually, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> the last match we went to, yeah, we got about got in there about twenty minutes after kickoff. Mm. But yeah, so I introduced him to a couple of lads, and we were drinking around the corner from the Independiente Stadium, which is a new watering hole. Don't you know? If anyone had, knows Independiente fans, don't let them know that we do this, otherwise we'll get shot. Um, and yeah, just about got home. We got, I think, we missed the teams coming out on the pitch, but we were just about coming up, coming up the stands before, um, you know, as the game was kicking off. Just you know, and jostling for position, trying to see where we could look, you know. Through the flags and through the um, the tirandis and all that kind of thing, and suddenly you uh, hear a shout. I had no idea what was going on, and and it was Bruno Zuccolini who got the first goal. It was a really nice goal actually. It was uh, yeah. Rodrigo De Paul, who were like one of his other racing kids who's come to prominence this year. Did really well down the right, kind of stopped, started, stopped, started. Managed to get a really good cross in. Zuccolini attacked at the front post, and it was um, a beautiful header. And then the second was also a very nice goal from Luis Farina, another kid, who, mm. yeah, took it. Like, but that was in stoppage time, second half. Yeah. Time. And in the middle, Tigre had... <laughs> no, Racing as well, like, had, right. a, had, a, had a fair few chances. But yeah, it was a good win for Racing. I think there have been about three games without a win since San Lorenzo, actually, funny mm. enough. And... And yeah, and there'd also been a long time. I don't. I think since the second the second round against Argentinas, uh, Racing hadn't won at home. So there's a couple of monkeys off the backs there, I guess. And what else you could say? I think it's really good. Like, you know, you just saw again the potential these kids have got in uh, Racing. Racing got Vieto, who unfortunately is going to miss the next four weeks because he picked up a hernia in that game. Mm. Um, you got Farina, Vieto, Zuccolini, De Paul. And Centurion, who's played the last couple of games as a sub after having uh, an operation on a genetic ankle defect. And I think, I wouldn't know the stats, but if Sam could tell me very quickly how many goals Racing has scored this year. They have scored, what would your guess be? I'd say about 18, maybe. Not bad, 17. 17. They've let in 14. And six of them uh, were by Vieto. Yeah, my point is, I think about 15 of them have come from kids. Right. the yeah. Academy yeah, graduates. Campora. There's been, um, <laughs> what? Uh, no, I'm saying, no, no, I'm saying a couple yeah. from Campora, maybe one or two from Camaronesi and all the rest from yeah, kids. Yeah, it's been six from Vieto. Four from Zuccolini. Three or four from Zuccolini, right. two from De Paul, I think two from Farina or one. And, yeah, and then the others have, uh, yeah, Camaronesi, Campora have mm. scored a couple as well. But, yeah, it's like a really encouraging stat. Like, there's five kids there who've, who've got massive, massive futures, all kind of, 20 or under actually Farina's a bit older I think he's got he's yeah, 22 yeah, 21, yeah. 21, yeah. 22. Um, yeah just brilliant brilliant to see like this generation of kids coming through and apparently there's, there's I mean, more to come Centurion's still going isn't he no he's, he's no, no, uh, the, the transfer collapsed he said that fantastic he's the Argentine league I heard him say yesterday that he will think twice well, the next offer he will accept. Mm. Yeah, because I think he like, got really bent. With yeah, he doesn't want to go to yeah. Russia again. Yeah, yeah. definitely not. Um, one thing that we've not mentioned uh, before we we play some music and uh, get on to listeners' questions is that just yesterday, no, not yesterday, today, Thursday, um, 
one of the biggest off-pitch stories of the year uh, has had some kind of resolution, at least. Right. Um, because Pablo Migliore, the... He's out of prison now, I should say. He's got out since we well, lost. Well, that's what I'm saying, yeah. Like. goalkeeper has been allowed out of jail. He was uh, unjailed, set free, well, uh, yesterday. Um, and no, no, no. Today, he was set free a, a week ago. Is that, yeah. Of oh, course, well, sorry, yeah. Um, okay. and, uh, and today, it was announced that San Lorenzo are going to be rescinding his contract, so he's no longer a San Lorenzo player. Um, Mariano, you're our uh, man on the ground in Bajo Flores. Uh, <laughs> tell us what's going on here and what's likely to happen now with Migliore and well, San Lorenzo's goalkeeping. Position. The thing about Migliore is that uh, he shouldn't have been a San Lorenzo player at all, never, because uh, he's a well known Boca fan, uh, friend of every Boca Barra Brava. Uh, he had a past in Huracan also, he played in Huracan, so everybody was surprised when. He, was, he signed his contract like two, three years ago. Uh, he's a, I don't know, an average goalkeeper. Uh, he's not that bad. He's not good either. I so, think slightly above average. Uh, slightly above yeah. average. Okay, okay, yeah. Uh, there are at least four or five better than him in Primera División. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Capetrini, Saja, Orion. Yeah. There are some that are better than him. So uh, it looks like uh, the new San Lorenzo management didn't want a uh, San Lorenzo player to get involved in that kind of stuff and prison and everything. And according to the to what I heard today, the reporter said that uh, some of the San Lorenzo sponsors didn't want uh, nah, this kind of bad publicity. So, <laughs> so uh, they agreed to finish his contract. He looked okay about it he wasn't yeah. angry he said he was expecting it right yeah he probably was expecting it and he's probably going to have a big check oh, yeah. <laughs> with it so he wasn't he, he said he's uh, very thankful to San Lorenzo for all these years uh, he kind of became a San Lorenzo fan and he respects the club a lot and he will just move on and have has to find another club while his situation uh, has to be solved because yeah. I mean he's still processing and totally. it's not easy. You wonder where where he goes from here. Well, this is what I said. Yeah, because I mean last last week, uh, Martin Palermo uh, denied um, having spoken to him about maybe coming to Godoy Cruz. Well, the, the, the reason is that Godoy Cruz yeah. is at San Lorenzo. Right, Godoy Cruz, receiver keeper, yeah. went to San Lorenzo last week, and he was the goalkeeper last night in the penalty shootout. Cover for Migliore, obviously, the fact that Migliore was going to be out for the rest of the season at one point, and that the after allowed San Lorenzo to sign a different goalkeeper, even though it was outside the transfer window. So Torrico came in. Palermo has, as I say, denied that. I'm guessing with respect to sorry, with respect to the Godoy Cruz move, I'm guessing he wouldn't be allowed, right? Like it would be against his. Bayo or something like to go to Mendoza. I don't know if he'd be confined um, to a to a certain province. Like not, you know, have to I'm check in sure. in Buenos Aires. I don't know how long the arm of Argentine justice is. We know that it's a very <laughs> slow operating in certain. I mean, he's a public places. person. He's not going anywhere. Yeah, you say that. Yeah. And the, the it's, thing it's is that it's safe uh, to say that he's fucked his chance of a move to Europe with this. If he ever had one, <laughs> nah, he never had. Uh, never. Uh, he was he, he was uh, mentioned to be going to Peñarol in Uruguay. Because San Lorenzo wants Enrique Bologna, mm. the Peñarol goalkeeper. Yeah. But I don't know what will happen with that. I, mean, I don't think he can leave the country. Just like that. Even if it's... I don't no, know. definitely not leaving the country. Very close. So, yeah, because uh, also... Especially because the murderer <laughs> wasn't found yet. So, no, no, until no. he's found, 
uh, he can leave the no. can leave the country. Okay, so that's. Uh, I think some fans will miss him because he has a very strong personality. But as a goalkeeper, uh, <laughs> we'll just move on. Yeah, that's it. He's, he's not going to be particularly. <laughs> Nobody will really miss right. him. Yeah. Um, like that. I'm now going to play some some incidental music, and we've had a fair few questions. So when we come back, we will we'll answer a few of them for you. listener, Miss Devan Negroni, uh, who runs a Miami filial of River, um, and he sent me one on email. It's, it's, quite, it's not a question as such, it's more of a, a talking point. Um, and it was uh, that, here on, his question is not about River, we should say, guys, so don't. I was waiting for a funny <laughs> muddy diatribe. Uh, he says, here on Tay Sport, Sports USA, which is the American version uh, of Tay Sports. Of Tay Sports, Sports the international, international version. Yeah, Tay Sports yeah. International. Tay yeah. uh, Say Sports is the Argentine cable channel that always used to have the Primera uh, in Argentina, in which now they're international. Now they have lots of Primera rights outside Argentina. Primera B, the Primera B Metropolitana. And they make some very good I wish Atlanta games were that fast, fast up, which I really like. Um, he, he says, during the Newell's game on Saturday, uh, he's talking about this Saturday just gone, uh, the announcer made the point that this year the Copa Libertadores stops for the Confederations Cup in Brazil in June. Mm-hmm. Uh, this means the semi-finals are going to be played a month after the quarter-finals. Um, and more importantly, the player contracts are going to be... It's up. going to be, yeah. Um, so he said, if Newell's, for instance, reach the semis, their coach, Tata Martino, Ignacio Coco and Gabriel Hainsey, and I'm sure some others, would all be without contracts. Do you know, or do you... Don't know if you remember in 2006, but then the first and second legs of the quarterfinals were separated by over two months due to the World Cup. I do remember. Uh, same thing or something very similar happened with the last World Cup as well in 2010. I think something um, happened last year as well, a similar thing with Boca. Yeah. That Roncaglia's contract was up and a couple of other players. Yeah, yeah. So it's um, not uncommon. Yeah, although that was the final. Um, that was run. the final. Yeah. Right, uh, the thing is that most contracts end on. June 30, because yeah, that's uh, exactly. half of the year. What, what, uh, Ma- Martino's already said that if Newell's get far enough, he, he'll be happy to extend yeah. his contract by a month. And I think that Newell's idea is to buy Skoko and yeah. negotiate him. So well, they've, 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 they've done that. They, they've uh, they they've already signed him. Okay, yeah. so yeah. he will stay, and I think Keynes uh, is going to stay. Newell's. Yeah, uh, can't see. You can't imagine. Going if you have a chance to win the Libertadores, I think you're going to give yourself yeah. maybe an extra month at the club. And um, for Woka, it shouldn't be a problem either, because I think. No contracts expire now. So the the reason, of course, that Esteban was asking was about the the 2006 uh, River Corinthians tie, in which um, Corinthians drew two. Uh, Corinthians got a two-two draw in the Monumental. Uh, sorry, uh, Libertad. Just uh, a sort of related question for a while. It's a little bit of a tangent, but no. should Newell's go on to win? Would that mean that Maxi Rodriguez joins that exclusive club of players who've won the Champions League and the Batores? Uh, was there he many in Argentines who've done it? Yeah. yeah. Was he in Liverpool in 2005? No, I think he was still with Atletico. It was 2006 that Liverpool won it. Was 2006? Oh. Yeah. 
be interesting. So I've got Finn. No, you're right. Sorry, no, it was 2005. I think yeah. I think he was. No, he was definitely still because he was still with that left goal when he scored that goal against Mexico in 2006. Great. There we go. Hernan Crespo did it. He won the World Cup. Carlos has done it with Boca yeah. and United, and Manchester United. Crespo did won the World Cup with River. No, I, I don't think he did because what I do remember is that when Tevez did it, I think he was the first player to do it. Cambiaso might have done it. Samuel? Yeah, for Cambiasa. Well, Cambiasa didn't win Libertadores. He yeah, was in that river in, in, in 96. Really? No, come on, that was <laughs> what, 17 years ago. I'm going off the top of my head here, so I'm not saying it definitely happened. Let's very quickly look up Esteban Cambiasso's. But uh, 17 years ago, I think that. <laughs> obviously now, 30. Uh, yeah, okay, he's 32. He, was, he would have been 15 at that point. Right, right. <laughs> uh, he's got. Um, but yeah, uh, he's won a lot of stuff at club level. Crespo lost the final no, with Milan, right? Yeah. When they lost we, against yeah. Liverpool. Yeah, he yeah. scored in that final. Uh, he scored, uh, I think he scored one or twice, two, two goals in that final. Um, anyway, yeah, yeah the, the reason that Esteban's asking is that in, in 2006, River got a 2 2 draw against Libertad in the Monumental. Um, were very, very heavy favourites uh, to win the second leg because they completely dominated the first leg. Um, and then, of course, they had a, a two-month gap to the second leg, lost a bunch of players after the World Cup. I don't understand why they're doing it now. Because I think the Confederations Cup in the, is in the second half of June. Yeah. Yeah. Right? They have yeah. enough time to, to play at least the semi-finals. Yeah. yeah, it's a bit weird. But then it's, it's comical, so what do you expect? Yeah, of course. Um, thank you for that one, Esteban. And we hope you continue to enjoy the podcast. Uh, the next question was from a friend of mine, um, Richard Fenning, who's emailed me in and said... Uh, hi podcast, I'm a long time listener, but first time with a question. Um, what are the average wages like in the Primera? And, you know, what would a player in the mid table side take home? No idea. $50,000 a year, maybe? Yeah, you, you mean uh, mid mid table team? Yeah. It depends what mid table, because, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Let, let's say is, I mean, let's say a side like maybe Argentinos or All Boys, okay, Argentinos aren't mid table at the moment, but Argentinos or All Boys. Oh, yeah. I, I really don't know. I'd, I know. I'd say possibly $50,000 a year. I'd say $50,000. Yeah, $1,000 a, a week. Yeah. Yeah. Above average, but not enough to retire on. Yeah. Um, yeah, right, right. Uh, now, a player from All Boys for Argentinos, yeah, they, they will need to keep working after retiring. Yeah. But uh, one of the, a player in, the, in a big club, yeah. a regular player, I think they. We well, should say that you know, a lot of the really young players you see and the ones that we talk about loads, like the teenagers that wow us, like a lot of the people I just reeled off the list, like, will still be earning about 6,000, 7,000 pesos a month. Yeah. Sure. But, the problem and is this, this is part of the reason that they're, that they're having yeah. to go to Brazil, to Mexico, to Europe, to the Middle East, to yeah. Indonesia, in the case they, of like a Dinos player recently. Once they go to Europe and they return, they sign oh, really shame. great contracts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For example, Ignacio. For example, <laughs> I do for example time, Ignacio I Piatti, San Lorenzo. Stracolosti. Big contract. Stracolosti. Who got that? Stracolosti. Oh my God. Yeah. And they're not... Uh, so this is just a cemetery for, sure. for mediocre right. Argentine European um, failures. Next one is from Craig Clark. We're going on to the Twitter questions now. He says he's not sure if he's, if, if he's been asked about before. Uh, I can assure you, Craig, that he hasn't. But Le- Leonardo, is it Uloa or Ushoa? Ushoa. Ushoa. 
has been a success at Brighton. Was he ever tipped to do well? We happen to have a Brighton fan and a San Lorenzo fan um, here, so we can actually answer well, this question. I'm going to defer this to Mariano because I haven't watched any of Brighton really. Mariano, just... when he was when he was with San Lorenzo, uh, he did nothing. Sure. He did nothing for for San Lorenzo. Uh, he was too young, okay, but uh, because he came from uh, from the south, I, I think he's from uh, okay. somewhere in the Patagonia. Uh, he came very young. He debuted in Primera, playing for San Lorenzo. He did nothing. I think he he scored like I don't know, ten goals in fifty games or sixty games. Where's, like where's he, what position does he play? Self he's a striker. He's a striker. Yeah, forward. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's very tall. One of those very tall strikers, you know, Stragualursi style. <laughs> and then he went on loan to Olimpo. They got relegated that year. He also didn't do anything for them. And he won a Sudamericano with Arsenal, right? Yeah, he won, the, but he wasn't the regular. Right, now I know. He, he when didn't. I first read this question, I thought I'd never heard of him, but yeah, I know who you're talking about now. He, he didn't start for Arsenal when they won Copa no. Sudamericana. He was a reserve. But he was in the squad. Yeah. He returned to San Lorenzo and then he was transferred to Almeria. Spain second division and he started scoring a lot of goals there I think he was like top scorer in the league or at least in his team and they got promoted I think when he was there yeah. and then he was transferred to Brighton right? Yeah. Uh, it looks like <laughs> he likes second division but European clubs he feels more his, com- um, comfortable level, there yeah. or maybe he's more mature now and he's playing better I don't know mm. He could even be one of, as you say, a very tall striker like Denis Strakwalosi, who's about 6'1", 6'2", in feet and inches rather than in, uh, which obviously most of our Europe, well, certainly most of our Northern European listeners or North American listeners will be hearing that thinking, doesn't sound that big at all. And this is one of the (laughs) things, Strakwalosi, when he was with Tigre, looked like a hulking giant against the defenders in the Argentine League and goes uh, goes to Everton and, I mean, didn't do badly considering the number of minutes he played at Everton by any means, but... In, suddenly the physique isn't such an advantage yeah. when, you're, right. when you're in Northern Europe and the defenders are all about your height or, or slightly more taller more physical foot um, so that could be one thing that's maybe affected yeah uh, but still Cabuster uh, Dos Estados Santiago um, who you've all heard the Arsenal fan who we have on from time to time um, is not able to make it uh, tonight but he has asked have you heard that either Boca or River from now on are supposedly going to be playing at 10pm every Sunday so, nah. that, so that the government can put them up against Lanata's news program. Nah. Uh, I think nah, River is playing 9 p.m. this week. Yeah. Nah, that's coincidence. That's 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 right. uh, I like the conspiracy theory. But no, I that the winter is coming. <laughs> they do like to put Booker or River on at 8 p.m. on a Sunday, so they can follow straight on with um, Sacy the Odge. They do. We're, <laughs> we're talking now about uh, heavily politicised, uh, supposedly neutral. Neither of them actually are. Uh, news, news programs um, on <laughs> television and how both Boca and River if they were playing at the time would be capable of wiping out the ratings I guess well, um, I guess it's logical as well to put Boca or River and at the time yeah, there's, the time there's most ratings watching most, most audience yeah. um, Jack Tillman asks uh, who do you think have been the best and worst signings of the Torneo Final so far cool <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah Everyone racks their brains furiously to them. Um, yeah, I mentioned giving you to this one four hours ago when he first asked it, so we had some time to think about it. I, I think the. Uh, I, I don't think many of the transfers have worked out that well, funny enough. Well, for example, uh, Burrito Martinez. Burrito Martinez. He didn't even play last no. night. I mean, yeah. it was Boca's. Yeah. Could, could have been Boca's yeah. last game of the 
of the season. If they, and we were talking know. earlier, I can't remember if it was on air or off air, but Gago, of course, who's Gago, yeah, had yeah. an awful time at Vélez, not, not entirely his own fault, yeah. Bolatti, who's kind of flopped in, Racing, he started playing a couple of decent games. I think he had a pretty decent game on Saturday, but apart from that, it's been a big disappointment. Uh, I think River probably had the best of luck with their... With their with the summer transfers, right? I'm not yeah, but really, Torbe is... Really, really summer transfers. Torbe, I think, has been brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who else to be? Mancioni. Mancioni's been good. You're right. Right. I'd probably say Mancioni. Um, yeah. Jack's own suggestions have been best. Torbe, who, as I say, I'm not sure I'd agree with. Mancioni and Cruzado, who's a very good shout for Newell's. I've been impressed with him. Right. Um, <laughs> and worst, Gago, uh, Chiqui Perez and Burrito Martinez. The fact that we mentioned Martinez without... Looking at, at Jack's suggestions, suggest that we agree with that one. Right, Chiki Chiki Bettis Bettis is a good shot. Yeah. Um, he, he was injured also, but mm. yeah, he has. Anyone else we can say from from kind of from outside the big five? Mm. Trying to remember who came to be honest. This is where I have a lack of knowledge of Argentine. There were there were not there were not, there were not nah. many many signings in this summer. No, nah, it was pretty it was pretty quiet. Well, each side was limited to just the two or maybe yeah. or three if they let a player go. I had quite continental. Yeah, but many teams. Just, for example, San Lorenzo just signed Mauro Seto. Exactly. It hasn't been bad, but yeah. not the best. I, yeah. um, I don't know. I think that for San Lorenzo, for example, it has been more of a. Recovering players that when they arrived early in this uh, at the start of the season they were not good at all. For yeah, example, Juan Marcier, for example, he was fat, slow. He he had been playing. <laughs> he was playing at Arabia, uh, uh, you yeah. know, and I don't know what team out there. And Al Jazeera, wasn't it? He was playing for um, Maradona's team. Well, probably uh, Al Wasl. Oh, sorry, Al- no, right. So it wasn't Maradona's team. But I think he was playing for Al Jazeera. Okay, and. He wasn't really good at all, but this year he's like a key player for San Lorenzo. I mean, mm. he got in shape and he's been playing great. Uh, Simon Pierce asks, where do Argentine clubs mainly scout new talent from? Is it within Argentina or are there particular leagues within South America that they focus on? Definitely now. I think, I can't remember if we made the point uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think we did. Colombia's a really big one now. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, River had Falcao, Racing brought Teo and, and right. Gio. But I think they're talking, she's asking about young players, right? Yeah, I mean, he's talking. No, I still with young players as well. I know, um, I remember getting told a story from an ex girlfriend of mine that she was Colombian and she was sharing like a hostel or like a residence with kind of five Colombian youngsters who had all come to. To have trials in Argentina. Well, in the main, because some Paraguayans. So this is definitely right? something that's happening. The, the guy who works on the door at my local in San Delmo originally came over here and did trials with about 10 different Primera yeah. clubs and didn't get into any of them. So yeah. now he's working the door at the pub. He's only 23. Yeah, but I think that says something about the reach they have. Like They're looking yeah. at least in. Um, in the main, they have some Paraguayans. You know? yeah. I don't think that it's as much scouting. Like they come here. I mean, yeah. the, the guy who I know got brought over here with a group of like 15 right. Colombian kids when he was about 20. Some of these kids were. 15, 16, and this in a league elsewhere in South America who maybe have stepped up a level since moving abroad and get brought back such mm-hmm. as I mean well such as the talk was with uh, Universidad de Chile right back Maxi, uh, Maxi, 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 Maxi
Matias Rodriguez. Matias. Matias Rodriguez. Thank yeah. you. Um, when there was talk about him maybe signing for Boca a, a year or two ago, uh, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing, or it'll be a player who's just been so spectacular. He's brilliant. I mean, the fact that Juan Caicedo manages to get a contract with Independiente shows that there's no real scouting happening. <laughs> anyway, right. Nobody from Independiente had seen him play before he signed for the club. I, I I'm sure they did. The thing is, I think Caicedo's the kind of player you could easily fill a YouTube video with things he's done brilliantly, but not so much, which would make him look impressive. It's so a 30-second YouTube video. Yeah, yeah. Two minutes. I'm, I'm, no, I'm sure in Colombia he's got his fair share of great sits over like 100 games. <laughs> Accidental falling over the ball. Yeah, yeah. Like oh, no, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is what I'm talking about. Like. Jamie asks, how good can Alvarez Balanta become? Good enough for Europe's top clubs? <laughs> oh, it's too early to say. I mean, he played five it's, games. Exactly. It's, it's very tempting to say yes, but he's played five first team right. games so far. Um, and he didn't have to. Uh, so far, he's not put a foot well, So far, he's, I think, committed one foul uh, the other day to give all boys a, a free kick out on the right wing, uh, yeah. which was. Semi dangerous, and which nothing came off. But well, that's what, about as far as you could say to him actually having put a foot wrong. But what were River, so River rivals in those games? Precisely. I mean, you know, Precisely. all boys. <laughs> okay, Racing. <laughs> okay, okay. Racing. Ah, uh, Boca. Yeah, right. You know, so the, the two classicos, which I mean, okay, Boca are uh, rubbish, but it's still the Super Classico. It's still mm-hmm. a big game to, to step into so early in your career. But yeah, I mean, let's let's wait and see. Let's give him another at least six months of playing solidly before we start to. I think if River has a play. has a good offer, oh, <laughs> they will yeah, sell yeah. him in the minute. Pasarela yeah. won't wait to see if he's good or not. They will just yeah. sell him. Um, I mean, yeah, exactly. Given the right chance to develop, he, he could become very, very good indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Looks like, like he, we'll he can be good. Yeah. Um, Michael Hindman, Hindman. I apologise if I've, I've mispronounced your surname says, haven't been following you guys for a while. Um, how is Alex Sabella's stock in the court of Argentine public opinion? We've got a real-life Argentine here. I've sort of forgotten about the uh, national team. It's been a while since. Mariano, <laughs> what do you think well, of Sabella? Uh, I always liked him. I think, uh, I mean, uh, for the first time in, since Bielsa, I would say, we have a real coach. Maybe Beckerman, but yeah. he wasn't for that long. Uh, he's a hard-working guy. He... Studies teams and knows about tati- tactics, and he was in the national team before as a assistant for Pasarela in the '98 World Cup. Uh, so I always liked him. I mean, m- many people doesn't like that he uses so many estudiantes players, but mm, I think it's normal because it was uh, the players that he knew and that he trusted. Uh, and now the general opinion is good about him I mean uh, until next year uh, in the World Cup I mean if he's successful everybody will like this him this is it isn't it and, it's and all going to be judged on what he does right, exactly. uh, the other thing with the Estudiantes players is that it's not as if he's bringing these guys in and making them key players of the team no no no, no. He was they're a, very useful right. to, when he yeah. knows how they react to sitting on the bench when he knows if they're coming off the bench that he can say I want you to do this when you get on according to how the game's going right. that makes a lot of sense sticking Enzo Perez or Enzo Perez is uh, however I mean, uh, uh, no sure he's, he's a very good player yeah he's so, you know, a regular in him or, or Leandro yeah. de Sabato or whoever on from the start and saying the team is revolving around you no, ignore this messy kid he's rubbish <laughs> you're the key man no, of course he's that not would doing be stupid that. but that's not what Sabato is doing at all um, and he's not calling them that much lately yeah. in the yeah. situation he's weaning himself off yeah, yeah I think it's right he's got to start phasing him out really 
because it's a lot better even, even in the Argentine league if you want to look we all know there's better centre-backs than De Sourdough's better defensive midfielders than, uh, than Braña but in so the end it will, it will be about what happens in the World Cup yeah. in Argentina it's like that I mean so basically would you say Argentina have to get to the semi-finals and they can't lose against Brazil those are the two kind of conditions for <laughs> a decent World Cup yeah I think so yeah, yeah it depends on the way you lose because anyway I, I mean yeah. if you lose I don't know not, have not a bad, bad referee right not, not humiliated and if you lose I don't know on a penalty shootout you play a good game and have a bad referee and that kind of thing no, nobody they, will say that it's but they can't lose to Brazil that's, that's certain <laughs> I mean nah. well you can't lose against Brazil <laughs> <laughs> if you play in Bra- at Brazil yeah, yeah. It, it's a possibility yeah they'll, you'll just blame the referee or FIFA if that happens yeah right? exactly yeah. we will um, have an excuse for sure um, Ryan Ross asks which books would you recommend on Argentine football I've read the excellent read by Joel Richards on the Super Classico hmm. so to give it another plug it's called Super Classico it's available on Amazon and it's by Joel Richards so go look up that one uh, I should have reading one recently I'll look up the title now but I've only got the Spanish translation is yeah, oh, this is by someone by David Downing yeah. and it's called Argentina versus Inglaterra so I'm guessing Argentina or England in in English, Mundial de Fútbol de Otra Guerra, so World Cups and other wars. Yeah. So yeah, I've only started reading it and I'm reading a Spanish translation, but it seems pretty good. I picked it up for ten pesos at the Feria de Libra. <laughs> in terms of Argentine domestic football, as we've mentioned a few times before on Hand of Pod, there's not very much at the moment. Jonathan Wilson is at some point in the next year or so going to be starting to uh, to write one um, on the history of Argentine football. But apart from that, I, I personally would recommend um, the the Latin America chapters throughout The Ball is Round by David Goldblatt, which is an excellent book on, on global football, full stop, and he's particularly strong on South America. Um, and the other would be to get hold of, again, Latin America wide rather than Argentina specific, but there's a book called uh, something like Football, Futbol Soccer, um, or a, a different ordered combination of those words. I can't remember the author's. Um, or rather the editors and it's a series of 11 or 12 essays on football in different countries um, and it's done very kind of academically it's some sort of a forum that was held in Mexico a while ago um, and that's in English uh, and I'd recommend getting hold of that it's not cheap on Amazon it's 12 or 13 quid on Amazon UK uh, but I'd recommend that one um, there, there are good ones in Spanish mm. uh, oh, yeah. for exa- if you can understand Spanish for example the Historia Negra del Fútbol Argentino by Alejandro Fauri there are two books uh, two volumes, and you have like uh, black stories of Argentinian football, like uh, myth and. I know. say even if you're learning Spanish and you're not that confident on it, but yeah, anyway, it's a great good. way. To, it's a fantastic way to yeah. learn. If, if, if right. you're listening you pick to up the football pod, vocabulary, and if you're listening to have the pod, then it's clearly a subject that you're going to be interested in, and that's going to make it much easier to learn by reading about it than if you're Definitely. told to read this article from yeah. the Argentine the Financial Times or whatever when you're not interested mm-hmm. in finance. Um, <laughs> So that's, that's the closest we can get to an answer for that one, I'm afraid. Wait a couple of years and wait for uh, Mr. Wilson's new book to come out. All in so. Spanish. Indeed, yeah, all in Spanish. Um, Javier Rocuzzo well, questions. asks, I think Pastore should be in the national team. What about you? That is a question, yeah. No. That's zero. No. Because uh, he's a Uruguayan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say no, but purely because of the people who are ahead of him. Uh, yeah. I think he's he very unlucky. Uh, I was asked on Twitter the other day, not for the podcast, but for my, uh, asking me about Skoko as well, and the answer's always the same. I think a lot of other national teams would have him, but he's got the misfortune to be an attacking player 
who's out at the time. Then, I'd say so. if there's one player um, that should be in there, like I wouldn't say it's Pastori, um, Lamela is worth. Mm. It should be there. I've Pastori. Yeah, but I think that kind of players you need to have them from the start. I mean, uh, coming from the bench, sometimes they don't make a big difference. I mean, they have to get involved in the, so the team. If they play just 10 minutes, uh, I don't know. No, but then if we're talking about building towards World Cup, you know, yeah, but say, the, the problem is that Di Maria gets injured, yeah, you, yeah, want, you know, right. La Mele can slot effectively into yeah, that team. You know. Pastore mm-hmm. can't, you know, that's... Uh, that's well, Sabela has Jose Sosa in that position. Oof. <laughs> Kill me. Uh, Morris Ayaz, I'm going to give a mention to uh, uh, just just to name him because I think we've already answered this question, but I wouldn't want you to think we were ignoring you. Uh, he asked what we have to say about Bocca's game. I assume he means the one last night, um, and obviously we answered that right at the top of the show. So hopefully um, you you were happy with the answer that we gave to that. Uh, and Ryan Ross has another one. He says, "Who or what will be the key to Newell's being able to unlock Bocca's defence in the Copa Libertadores quarterfinals?" Just um, turning up, basically. Yeah, from what we've I mean, seen so far this season. The fact that Bocca Juniors defence is—if they can put eleven men in the pitch, there's nothing to unlock. I think there's nothing to unlock. Like the door's wide open. It's like a barn door, really. Like you could drive a cow into it. I'm not sure there are any hinges on it. So it's just—it's on the floor. It's lying. Yeah, it's been blown down by a tornado. Yeah, they—they had it locked. I mean, for one game. Yeah. In the first leg against Corinthians, but the rest of the <laughs> the rest of the year they, they, it's Is been the, quite open. It must have been like the first clean sheet they've kept all year, isn't it? I think there was one against Argentinas, right? I know now. No, they, they, yeah, they had a couple at home, I think. I guess Belgrano also. Yeah. There's there's been a few, but. Yeah, but again, we are talking so. about teams that almost yeah. don't attack at all, like one Argentinos against, and Belgrano. Yeah. You know? One I think against uh, Barcelona de Guayaquil, but. Yeah. And there was a penalty <laughs> not given in that game. Okay, <laughs> let's move on yeah, let's, from let's Boca referees. One thing I would say with, with Newell's is obviously that I do wonder whether the fact that Boca are playing against an Argentine club is going to remove for their opponents some of the kind of mystique. A lot of other South American clubs in, in other countries come against Boca and suddenly they're playing against Boca's whole history and Europe. And it's, you know, it's this big intimidating thing. Right, it's a bit like exactly. when I'm like Liverpool, let's say, play in. in without meaning to offend Liverpool fans, uh, playing the Champions League latter stages and suddenly people are going, oh, you know, great European nights at Anfield and they've won five times and, and all the rest well, of it. Lost, but in fact, the current right. team are very good. Boca lost at home against Union. So it's not like uh, teams here are re- respecting them Man, uh, much. No, I mean, I mean at home. Yeah, yeah. It's not like Argentine teams are going to respect them much. Man, so, yeah, it's a good match for, for Boca. But just before we get off this question, I'm going to wait two seconds for this page to load. If it does, and then I'll tell you how many clean sheets Boca have kept in the league at least so far this year. Um, I think here we go. One is I can remember. So Dan's going with one. Mariano, how many are you saying? Uh, at home? Yeah. I would say in the league. In the league, I would say I would say three or four. Uh, Mariano's got it it's three they've, they've had three nil-nil draws at home Belgrano, Argentinos away to Tigre in the Lanus. second leg ah, of course, away yeah. to Lanús sorry at home to Lanús in the eighth round and, uh, and Argentinos was 1-1 Argentinos was 1-1 yeah it was a 1-1 draw in so there you go and now uh, this is Mystic Sam's theme music that you're going to hear um, I can't remember what I got last week I did relatively well I think I hope um, and just Wait around a couple of seconds and I will tell you what to bet all of your money on this coming weekend. Okay, we're going 
with an away win for Racing on Friday evening against Arsenal. I apologise, Dan. Will you be going to that one? I've got my ticket, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Enjoy. Um, away fans will be outnumbering home ones, I suspect. Let us know how that works. We'll try and get Saturday out or maybe next week to review. Nah, it's usually right going then Saturday, but... Atletico Estudiantes, I think it's going to be a draw. But then it's actually on visiting Godoy Cruz, and I'm going to go for a Godoy Cruz win. Draw in La Bombonera between Boca and Colón. Uh, Newell's to beat Quilmes in Quilmes. River to beat Union in Santa Fe. Independiente de San Martín, I think is going to be. Drum roll, please. An Independiente win. Point <laughs> sixer. Draw between All Boys and San Lorenzo. Ooh. Sorry, Mariano. Argentinos Belgrano. Do I even need to predict it? Really? Belgrano oh, yeah. win. You reckon? Sure. Um, yeah. I'm not sure. That's the draw for me. Absolutely, Tottenham draw. Have you watched Argentinos for the last two months? Yeah, but they're more than the modern game we're going to draw. He'll put the bus. In they front will of the put the bus in front right. of the goal, yeah. Well, uh, depends on the Independiente result. Yeah. And Tigre versus Lanús, uh, notwithstanding the fact that Tigre are currently drawing 0 0 away to Olympia, uh, half an hour into their second leg, I'm going to go for a Lanús win. So the top three, I think, are all going to win. Nothing, No change in the title race. And Independiente to get some points to put some distance between themselves and San Martín. If all of those results go as I think they will, then that will still very much be Union on to be relegated in the 15th round right. um, San Martin any other two, matches two. that we're really looking forward to apart from obviously the, the Racing and San Lorenzo games Kilmes News Kilmes News is a massive game yeah. unless Kilmes just wants a draw like it did in I think they've got a decent chance of winning like I reckon no matter what Martina says he's going to rest a few players if Kilmes he has to rest a few players if right? Kilmes wants to play and yeah. Uh, he's not happy just with Raw. Should be a very good yeah, game. Definitely. Uh, I like uh, the way Kilmes is playing. Mm-hmm. Like they came, they come from their their best performance of the semester, yeah. in my opinion, against Colón. Yeah, um, I wouldn't disagree with that at all. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, we didn't really mention them, but they, they were very good. They won three 0 away to Colón. Three 0 right? Uh, they, got Caneo was they got Caneo fit. They got Cataruso fit. Like right. those two players. Given, yeah. given Colón's home form going into that game, I think Colón won three in a row prior to that match. Yeah, they've been. Uh, home home they had lost against Godoy Cruz. Ah, uh, sorry. Of course. No, no, but I mean at home. Oh they, yeah, they lost yeah, away to Godoy Cruz. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, very impressive. Uh, gentlemen, thank you for for coming on. Um, listeners, thank you for asking your questions. We apologise that this week's podcast was slightly late, but we hope that you've enjoyed the fact that for a change we've been able to comment, comment on the midweek Libertadores action as well. Uh, if you're a Tigre fan, then we apologise for not being able to um, uh, show our admiration at your struggling through against Olympia, which I, I think that you'll manage to do. You'll know by the time this is up whether I'm right or not. Um, and for now, it's goodbye from Mariano. Gracias. Thanks for inviting me. And thank you very much for, for stepping in. Uh, goodbye from English Town. Thank you for listening and goodbye. And goodbye and thank you for me. Goodbye. And thank you.